Hi there and welcome to the LDS study session episode 13. Um, I wanted to uh, start today uh, and start on the second day of this week looking at the Come Follow Me section. Um, the Come Follow Me section for this week is found in June 10th to June 16th, Matthew chapter 26, Mark chapter 14, Luke 22 and John 18. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. And of course, so here we um, have the uh, defining closing moments of the Saviour's life and ministry. He has just um, finished up to this the last part, uh, teaching his disciples, uh, preparing them for, for life without him. And uh, he is now instituting the sacraments and then, of course, uh, moving forward through the Garden of Gethsemane. So very poignant and um, just really love-filled moments for the Saviour as he goes and really achieves what he came to do because of course we know that he taught many things he did many miracles he did many many things like that however the the true and ultimate re reality is is that he came to this earth to do this work which we're now going to study over these next two weeks uh, well and three uh, including the resurrection so um, it's uh, very important we kind of understand and take this uh, the, these next few weeks very seriously as we study uh, I've just been looking at the section, the sacrament is an opportunity to remember the Saviour. That's Matthew 26, verses 17 to 30. However, I'm not going to focus on that part, that scripture uh, today. Um, there is a an email uh, list or an emailing group, which I'm a part of, um, and I'll get the link uh, where you can subscribe. Basically, it's uh, another kind of website where some members who faithfully are producing like lessons a week in advance of the Come, Follow Me sessions, particularly uh, focused on young children, which is very useful. I mean, I love the Come, Follow Me, but sometimes, even though I'm a primary school teacher, I just don't, and it's disappointing, but I don't really get the opportunity or the, or the creativity to kind of think outside the box in terms of teaching these principles. So, But uh, they, they offer one or two ideas each week, um, and it's unlike, it's not paid. I mean, I was on a Come Follow Me, a website called Come Follow Me, from FHE or something like that. And they were brilliant. They even offered like resources and colouring sheets and all sorts of stuff. But now you have to, it's a subscription. And I've, I've, I kind of don't really want to go towards that. But this is completely free. It's just an email with a few ideas and the ideas are great. And they talked about actually looking at the why the Saviour was doing the Passover meal with the disciples and talking about that with the, with the children sharing a bit a clip from the Prince of Egypt film and having that discussion. And whilst we were having that discussion today in our family, uh, yesterday in our fam in our Come Follow Me, it kind of struck me just the number of parallels there are between the event that kind of instituted the Passover and the event that was about to happen with the Saviour in having in instituting the sacraments and then going through uh, the atonement process. Um, it, it was quite fascinating just to see the number of links and parallels between those two sep seemingly separate events. However, of course, we know that many of the things in the Old Testament foreshadow what Christ would do. So I'm just going to share a few of those uh, now. Uh, so if we look in Exodus chapter 12, this is where we find um, the Lord instituting the Passover. Um, and so you, you can kind of see here, you know, the event where... Moses is being taught, told by the Lord what the uh, people of Israel should do in preparation for the, the angel that will pass over and uh, take the life of the firstborn in the land. And um, let's just have a look at the, the, the parallels between the two. 
So in Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, uh, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, Now straight away, there is a link. There is a bondage situation happening here. The Israelites are in bondage in Egypt. They are unable to escape from the land of Egypt, and that's a very physical bondage. However, uh, we know that if we are talking about the Saviour and his atonement, we are talking about the children of God being in bondage of sin uh, and of contention uh, from Satan. Uh, and so there is straight away a link there. We can, we can imagine ourselves as the people of Israel, not in physical bondage, but in bondage uh, to sin. It carries on in verse 2 saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And again, this is interesting. Uh, the Saviour doesn't uh, suggest that uh, his atonement will be the, in the first month of the year to us or anything like that. However, the beginning of months is kind of a suggestion or, or a prompt for us that it is a new beginning, uh, which, of course, those of us that, that fully take on the Saviour's atonement uh, are born anew, are, have a new beginning, are made clean. And also the fact that uh, the Easter story is all about a new beginning, a new birth. Uh, and so there is a, a strong link there. Then in verse 3, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And, well, I mean, it's, it's quite clear what the, uh, the link is here. Why did it have to be a lamb? Why did it have to be that particular animal? Because, of course, this is symbolic and representative of the Lamb of God who would ultimately be slain for the sins of the world. Um, and actually, as you kind of read on uh, to verse 5, you see what type of lamb it had to be. It says, Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And of course, the fact that the lamb had to be without blemish is a clear link to the fact that the Lamb of God, who would be slain for the sins of the world, uh, would also be without blemish and had to be without blemish for the atonement uh, to satisfy the demands of justice. Uh, we go further on uh, and we read in verse 7. It says, And they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts on, and on the upper post door of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. Um, Again, blood uh, is a very symbolic uh, kind of object, you know, the blood of the lamb uh, that, is, that is brushed onto the sides of the doorposts uh, indicate the blood that would be shed uh, by the Saviour in the Garden of Gethsemane. Also, it's a reflection of, of the wine which the Saviour also uh, instituted would be a representation or a remembrance of his blood, uh, which shall be shed for the sins of many. Uh, so, you know, there is a lot of similarities and symbolisms between the Passover and the sacraments. Uh, and the Saviour, you know, I'm sure, uh, did this for a purpose. You know, he, he uh, knew that many of the converts which he would be receiving would have been from of the Jewish uh, faith, and so it's very familiar to them. Uh, in verse 28 of Matthew 26, he, uh, 27 and 28, he says, And he took of the cup and gave thanks and gave it them, saying, Drink ye all of it. Uh, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So again, this blood, rather than the, the, rather than the uh, Passover lamb, uh, which was um, shed for the, the physical uh, redemption or rescue of the, of the children of Israel, uh, the lamb of God, 
uh, his blood would be shed for our physical, uh, sorry, our spiritual uh, salvation. Uh, verse 8, uh, we really kind of get into quite a few uh, links here. Uh, verse 8, and they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Now there's quite a few things here to kind of take on board. Uh, we have the roasting with fire, symbolic of the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we have the unleavened bread, which is an interesting one because you've got um, the idea of unleavened bread is uh, is a symbol of purity. Uh, with, with, it's, it's symbolic of uh, being bread uh, being baked or without any you know additions. It, it's it's pure bread, if if you like. Uh, that's why uh, it was introduced into the Passover. Uh, but then, of course, the Saviour in institutes the sacrament with bread as well to represent his flesh, um, which, would, which would be given. And then, of course, we have the bitter herbs, which indicates uh, the bitterness of sin or you know, the things which the Saviour would be um, removing or, or, or saving us from. Um, so, yeah, so there's lots and lots in that particular verse. We then move forward to verse 10, in which it says in uh, Exodus chapter 12, And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. Uh, and, you know, there's a number of uh, things we, we could link to that. Uh, one of the things which I thought of was kind of the, the way we have to accept our Saviour, uh, Jesus Christ. We need to accept him fully. Um, you know, we, we can't... Um, have nothing you know we can't look back uh, once we've made that choice we need to follow him with all and serve him with all our heart might mind and strength and then just one final uh, bit i wanted to pick out i mean there will be many many other things i'm sure that i've missed but these are just some of the things that i picked out in verse 13 uh, it says and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are and when i see the blood i will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when i smite the land of egypt uh, a few words in here, of course, the word token or, or sign uh, is, is used a lot uh, in the um, covenants and ordinances, the law of his children. Uh, the Saviour talks about us being on the palm of his hands as a token uh, of what he has done for the world. So it's, you know, it's a very uh, uh, full word or loaded word in terms of symbolism with the Saviour. Uh, and then, of course, I, sh I will pass over you. Uh, the fact is, is that, again, this was a very physical uh, escape from sin, but we will be passed over, the, the destroying angel will pass over us spiritually as well. Uh, in other words, we will receive, you know, the fullest blessings available as we, uh, you know, accept the Saviour and his sacrifice, which he will make. So, I mean, it's, it is fascinating to look at kind of the, the Old Testament and, the and, of course, we know um, the word testament in, in regards to... Um, testament it, it actually means covenant so the old covenants and the new covenants uh yes there was a new covenant with with the uh, birth of the savior uh, and that was to be expected when he came to the earth that's one of the reasons why he came to prepare his people more for his second coming and to uh, uh, to bring his new covenant uh, however the old testament the old covenant doesn't then become defunct or you know not applicable in any way whilst we might do the things the Saviour has taught in terms of how we worship with the sacraments and other things, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, is still very much applicable in the way that it covers all the symbolism and ideas and things which the Saviour wanted us to have, but it's just done in a different way now. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's really what I wanted to share with you today. Uh, I'm looking forward to this next week or, th or a few weeks of study because I feel like we'll really get a lot from it. If you have any thoughts on uh, what's been shared today, then please uh, comment at Matt S. Roberts 90 and share any, any of your thoughts on the Passover or the sacraments or anything else which you have studied recently. If you'd like to share, then please do so. Thanks for listening, and until we meet again.